Many of you know our friend who I'm going to introduce today. He's no stranger. He's been with us. Uh, Cheryl and I will have been in the pastorate of this church in just a few weeks for 24 years. And he came and preached. Are you ready for this? Pastor Jenkins came and preached the installation service that installed us as the pastor of this church. It's pretty amazing, 24 years ago. And so he's no stranger to so many of you. He has spoken truth into your lives. Your lives have been impacted and have been shaped. Some of you are brand new to us and some of you are are brand new to to Pastor Jenkins. But uh, today I would love for all of us to just give a hero's welcome to this great leader who loves this church. Pastor Jenkins, as he comes. Welcome to our friend. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Good morning. Let's give an amen to your pastor. Let's thank the Lord for Pastor Steve. He's a great man of God. He is a brother that I love from the depths of my heart. You can be seated. I love him dearly. I'm grateful for his life and our friendship. We go back, we go back a long way. He's a brother from another mother, and y'all know he couldn't be who he is without the woman that he is married to. So we celebrate Cheryl. Amen. Very grateful for them. I'm glad to be here. Uh, Been here this week. I'm so grateful to be out here. Thankful for the weather, because sometimes when I come out here, it's raining all the time. But I'm grateful to be here. uh, A lot of things have happened in my life since I've last been here. One of the things that has happened is the denomination that my church is a part of, it's called Converge. Um, The president of Converge resigned suddenly, and the board of the overseers asked me to uh, take leadership and be the president of Converge. So I'm now the president of it. It's 1,600 churches across the United States. And, one, and we're divided up into 10 regions. And one of the regional presidents is here today, Brother uh, President Nate Hedinger. Stand up, uh, Reverend Nate. So grateful for him being here with us. With his wife, Amy. Stand up, Amy. And their son, Isaiah. So glad to have them here today. All righty. Um, I, I want to pray. Can y'all stand and pray with me? Thank all five of y'all for saying that. (laughs) Father, thank you for the privilege and the opportunity that you give us to be in the house of worship today. I pray that you take these next few moments and speak to us, challenge us, motivate us. Let us hear your heart, your word that you have for us today, Father. I pray for somebody today who may need to hear this message and this word. Allow your truth to prevail in their heart. Save someone, reclaim somebody, inspire someone, Lord. And let your name get all of the glory and all of the honor. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All right, you can be seated. I am a grandfather of seven children, grandchildren. Amen. How many of y'all know there ain't nothing in life like being a granddaddy to grandchildren? What's so great about grandchildren is that they go home. Come on, somebody, say amen. I have six kids, six children, three boys, three girls. My oldest child's name is Sarah. Sarah uh, was our first child, and I remember the day she was born. She was born, um, 
was our first child, and I remember we lived in Maryland, and my wife's the hospital I needed to take her to when she told me she was ready was in Washington, D.C. So um, when she started having labor pains and it was time for the baby to come, she was in great pain. Let me just pause here for a moment and salute all the women that have given birth to children. Where y'all at? Where those women at? Come on, let's thank the Lord for these mothers that gave birth to children. Oh, my gosh. Every time my wife gave birth to a child, I thank God that I wasn't born a woman. I take my head off to you. So she went into some pain. She had been playing, so she, she told me it's time to go. So we hopped in the car. I'm driving down the highway 100 miles an hour. She was in so much pain, she said, can you go faster? I wasn't going fast enough. I got downtown and hit some traffic and decided in my great wisdom to go down a side road because the hospital's right over there. And I turned and went down this side road and came up on the back of the hospital, except for the hospital was surrounded by a huge fence. And we couldn't, I had to turn around and go back. So as I'm turning around, my wife was in so much pain, she was getting out of the car to climb over the fence to get to the hospital. That's great pain. How many of y'all know that's great pain? She was in great, great pain. And I want to talk to you today about pain. I'm going to talk to you about pain. I'm going to talk to you about a story from 1 Chronicles chapter 4. It's just a couple of verses here I want to read. 1 Chronicles chapter 4 about a gentleman by the name of Jabez. Jabez. Some of you have heard this passage of scripture before. 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. What's interesting about these two verses is this. Beginning at the first chapter and all the way through most of Chronicles, it is a, a book of genealogy. It is so-and-so begat so-and-so, and this person begat this person, and this person had these sons, and this person had that. But when we get to chapter 4, right in the middle of all of this discussion, it pauses. And in verse 9, it says this. Here's what it says in the middle of all of this, this chronology, all of this geology, all this listing of all these kids. Now, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. This is the New King James Version I'm reading this from. It's profound. It's interesting. It's powerful. That here's a man who brought his mama pain, but he also brought her honor. It says in verse 9, he was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez. I, I, I was intrigued. I'm interested in that, that on one hand he brought pain, but on the other hand he also brought honor. None of the other brothers brought honor. Just this one, this one child who somehow brought some pain to her. The Bible doesn't tell us about the other kids bringing pain, but something about his birth 
is highlighted and separated and mentioned, uh, separated from all the others and says she, she bore him in pain. She brought him into this world in pain. And I thought I should spend some time talking about this today because I suspect there's somebody in here today, God has put this on my heart, because I suspect there's somebody in here today who has been going through some pain, who has gone through some drama, who's gone through something that you hadn't anticipated, how, had not expected you have you're going through some pain. And maybe if you're not going through some pain, maybe you have caused someone some pain. My six kids seem to have brought me much pain. <laughs> Has anybody here ever lived with kids who have just driven you crazy, make you want to take them out? Yes. <laughs> I'm just wondering if we got any parents here with kids. <laughs> My kids have tested me. You know, you, they all get to that age, that, that time in their life when they think they know more than their parents. You, you know, they have all the answers and they know what to say and when to say it. And they have all of the right answers. And I'm grateful to the Lord that I didn't take any of them out. But how many of you know I wanted to? One, two, three. Yes. Jabez bought his mama pain. Jabez brought her, bought her pain, and, and somebody here today is going through crying and going through tough situations and circumstances. Something has caused you pain. Something has caused you drama. Something, or maybe you have done something that has caused somebody else pain. See, the reason I love this church, by, by the way, this is my West Coast church. Yeah, this is my West Coast family. I love this church, and I've seen it make a difference in so many people's lives. The reason it's so important and why it's so significant is because people will come by this place and stumble across this, this, this church and the ministry of this church, and their lives have been changed. Their lives have been impacted. They have transitioned from pain to honor. Amen. Amen. Now, maybe you haven't experienced it. Maybe it hasn't come across your street yet. But if you keep on hanging out with Pastor Steve and Sister Cheryl, if you keep hanging out here, I promise you something will change in your life. <laughs> Jabez had brought some pain and some drama to his mother, but somehow in the process of time, it got shifted and he he became more honorable than all of the other brothers that he had. How did that happen? What, what, what caused this to happen? I suspect it's because of this simple prayer that he prayed. It is right here in the midst of all of this genealogy that there is this prayer that Jabez cried out to God. It says in verse 10 that Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory and that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. I love that verse right there and it is a prayer that I want to encourage you to pray. He asked God for four simple things. First of all, he said, will you bless me indeed? Y'all missed a great spot. Here's what he said. Let me put it in. Let me put it in today's vernacular. Can you bless me, show enough? <laughs> can you can, can you really bless me so that when other people look at me, they can see that I've been blessed? 
How many of y'all know that we serve a God that can bless you in ways that will blow other people's minds? That's what I love. When God bless you and people have to ask you, how you get that? Why does, that bless, why does God bless you like that? Why, why you got so much favor on your life? That's what people want to know. How, you get, how do you get so much favor? Why does God keep blessing you? And that's what God, that's what he's praying. God, I want you to bless me in such a way that is so fantab- fantabulous. I'm making up words while I'm preaching here. So fabulous that, that people have to stop and wonder, what is it about me that God keeps on showering me with blessings? That's what he said. Bless me indeed. There's a Hebrew word, barak, which means, here's what the word bless means. It means to bring benefit to. Anybody here know that we serve a God that has the ability, the capacity, and the desire, and the will to bring benefit to your life? That's what he said. I want you to bless me. And matter of fact, God, that's what God does. That's what he said to Abraham. That's what he said to Jacob. And it's what he will say to you. If you ask him, he will bless you and bring benefit to your life. That's my prayer request. That's the first thing I want to encourage and ask you to pray today and ask God to to bless you beyond your wildest dreams, to benefit your life, whatever that means in your circumstance, that he would bring benefit to your life. He not only said, bless me indeed, or bless me show enough, he said, enlarge, number two, my territory. Enlarge my territory. Somebody say, enlarge my territory. That means to multiply. It means to make you great. It means to open up doors. It means to give you stuff that exceeds. I like that. It means to to expand your borders. It means that God wants to do something in your life to expand your borders. And I look back over my little minstrel life, my little 64 years. Go ahead, look at your neighbor. Say, he don't look like he's 64. He looks so young. Go ahead, tell the neighbor. This year, I'm celebrating 50 years of preaching in the ministry. 50 years. And God has expanded my territories beyond anything that I ever dreamed or hoped or imagined. God has opened up doors and taken me to places. I've done things and met people that I don't deserve to meet. That I don't deserve to be doing. He's He's expanded my territory. I want you to understand when I say expand your territory, God can give you a new home or he can give you a promotion or give you a new job or he can bless your business beyond what you hoped and new horizons. But here, I don't want you to narrowly put my prayer and tell you to pray for God to give you uh, material things. I'm trusting and believing God to do the supernatural in your own spiritual life, in your emotional life, in your psychological life. I'm I'm praying for God to expand my way of thinking and don't don't let me have stinking thinking. Anybody here know what stinking thinking is? I I want to be in a place that God can bless and expand and that's my prayer and I want you to pray the same thing. My encouragement today is for you to pray and ask God to expand your spiritual territory for him to open up the doors. Oh, here's number three. I'm almost finished. I'm I'm bringing my plane in for a landing. I'm pulling my car into the garage. I'm pulling my boat into the dock. I'm putting the dishes in the dishwasher. I'm coming to a close. I'm not a long-winded preacher. You got to jump on right away. You can't wait for me to get somewhere. I'm I'm going there right off the bat. Y'all supposed to say, go ahead and preach, Pastor Jenkins. I'm praying and I'm asking God just like Jabez said he would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. But here's the third thing he prayed. He said, let your hand be with me. 
I love that right there. What does that mean? It means, God, give me a sense of direction for my life. Give me clarity of what I'm supposed to be doing and where I'm supposed to be going. Some of you today need to ask God to put his hand on your life. You're confused. You are, you, you are questioning your purpose or your existence. But God told me to tell somebody for you to ask him to let his hand be with you. And if God's hand is with you, he will order your steps. As a matter of fact, I see all throughout the scriptures that we serve a God who majors on letting his hands be on people. In Psalm 119, it says, his hands has made and fashioned me. Uh, it says, his hand helps me. Isaiah 41 says, his hand strengthens and upholds me. John 10 says, his hands protect me. Uh, Acts chapter 11, he said, the hands of God acted with the children of, with the church of Jesus Christ, the early church. All I'm trying to tell you today, God desires for his hand to be on your life. You might be confused, you might be questioning your future or your tomorrows or why you're here. That devil wants you to doubt that God created you for a purpose. But you are here for a purpose, you have an assignment, and not only does he want you to know that, he wants to make it clearly known to you. He said, I want you to let your hand be with me. Here's the fourth thing, and then I'll bring it in. He says, I want you to keep me from evil. Here's the fourth thing he prayed. There it is right there, verse 10, number four. The fourth thing, keep me from evil. I like that right there. You know what it means? Keep my life from breaking into pieces. Keep the devil from coming into my life and destroying my life. Somebody say, well, pastor, it's too late. My life is already broken into pieces. But you know what's great about our God? The devil might have been successful with your past, but he has nothing to do with your future. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but I'm here to give hope to somebody to tell you that we serve a God who can take the broken pieces of your life and put them all back together and he can make your future better than your past. He can make your tomorrows better than your yesterday. He can make where you're going better than where you've been. Go on and preach, Pastor Jenkins. I'm encouraging myself while I'm preaching here today. I'm trying to help somebody get this truth down in your heart to know that we serve a God who can keep you from evil and even if the enemy has already brought evil he can repair and restore what the enemy has done now let me close this dynamic homily with this he says in verse number 10 Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. I like that, so I won't cause pain. Then he says this, so God grant him, so God granted him what he requested. That's enough to shout about right there, that God granted him what he requested. Who am I preaching? Who is this message for? Somebody in here made everybody else had to sit through this message because God's trying to get you to pray this prayer and everybody else got to listen to it because God put it in my heart and spirit and wouldn't let me let it go. I tried to preach something else, but because you need to hear this, everybody else got to sit through this sermon. Who am I preaching to? Who is this for? 
Oh, it seemed like a whole bunch of y'all made the rest of us sit through this sermon. I want to give you a new word. I want you to learn how to say this. He says, here's what he says in verse 10. So God granted him what he requested. I want you to adopt a new word in your life. If somebody wants to come and tell you about something bad or something horrible or some fear or so concerned or whatever they want to say about you, I want you to learn how to say so. So God granted is what the text says. So God granted. God gave him what he asked for. And you got to learn to say that when somebody comes up to you and tell you something bad or something ain't going right, you got to learn how to say so. Uh, They're going to lay off people. You have to say so. All it means is that God's got another door and another job waiting for me someplace else. They want to be critical of you. They want to deny you a promotion. All you got to do is say, so it's okay. I know that God's got my life under his control. How many of y'all know that God, we serve a God who controls your life and has your your life under his hand? Wait a minute. I feel tension in the room. Man. I, I feel people not, not getting with me. I feel like y'all are backing off. Y'all was with me real good. And all I got to say is, so it's okay. I'm going to go ahead and preach. My God is still good. He still opens up doors. He still answers my prayer. He still speaks a word to me. He still encourages me. So! Somebody lie on you, just say so. Don't try to track down the lie. After they say all that they want to say and do all they want to do, just say so. Now let me close. Here's my second close. I'm known to have four or five different closings in my sermons. Here's my soul. <laughs> Thank you. The question is, why, why? Somebody say, I didn't pray Jabez's prayer before. I haven't seen God do the spectacular for me. I haven't seen God answer. I haven't seen him bless me indeed or enlarge my territory or uh, keep me from evil or put his hand on me. I, I haven't seen all of that. What, what, what's the difference? The difference is, it says right here in verse 10, that Jabez called on the God of Israel. He called. And that word called means he cried out to God. It is a word, it is a Hebrew word that means that he got in God's face and beseeched God with all of his heart and with all of his strength and with all of his, with tears running down his face and snot running down his nose, he cried out to God. You prayed a little cute prayer. That's not what Jabez did. He cried out to God. He came and laid his heart out before the Lord and he cried out to God. And all I'm trying to tell you today is stop trying to be cute with God. Let's open up our hearts and say, God, I need you to bless me indeed. That's all I'm trying to say. All I'm trying to get you down in your heart. And, and, and I want to celebrate. I'm closing. I'm bringing my plane in. Here's my second close, my third close, whichever close it is. Here it is right here. I'm thankful for a church like this church right here, like this ministry that is changing the lives of people who is encouraging you Sunday after Sunday and week after week to pour your heart out to a righteous God and I am persuaded and I believe and I am convinced that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You put your faith in the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus, you shall be saved. You call out to 
God, he will deliver. He will answer. He will do what he, only he can do. And so my prayer is for you to lift up your heads, all ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. The king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. He is the king of glory. Call on the name of the Lord and he will save and deliver.